Namaste, everyone. Welcome to the Charvak Podcast. This is your host, Kushal Mehra, as always. Uh, today, my guest is Anurag Saxena. Anurag, thanks for coming on the podcast. Always a pleasure, Kushal. So before we start the discussion, uh, I, I want to begin by apologizing because uh, the initial promotion I had said, you know, we'll have Anurag and Gautam, but Gautam ran into some personal issues. So we, we, we could not uh, get Gautam on the podcast, but uh, I uh, promise all of you Gautam will be there in the podcast some, sometime in the near future. But uh, so today's, uh, as you know, the topic for today's podcast was going to be uh, India's response to digital colonization. So Anurag, let's first uh, because this is my rule, I always try to be very precise when I choose a title. So when we chose this title uh, mutually, so I think it is only fair that we explain to the people what we mean by digital colonization. So can you start by explaining to everybody that what, what are we trying to suggest? What do we mean when we say digital colonization? Well, you see... Uh... Okay, if you look at the whole idea of war or conquest, it is generally agreed that, you know, civilizations or the world has gone through five types of wars or types of conquests. You know, we went from man-to-man -man combat to then using weapons to then fighting as groups to then taking over other territories, ideologies, etc. Uh, we now are at a stage, I mean, since, since the League of Nations was founded, it is increasingly difficult for uh, nations or civilizations to engage in traditional versus uh, traditional versions of combat, which have a lot of bloodshed, which have a lot of pillage, which have a lot of aggression, etc. Um, so what we've been seeing over the last, uh, and, and it is not unique to China, India, USA, etc. Um, there are a whole set of nations who are now trying to assert their might um, through the through trying to own the internet, through trying to own the, the digital infrastructure, through mobile phones, through laptops, through apps, etc., etc. Um, you know, if you have to believe Boris Johnson, data is the new oil. Um, you know, so the latest conquest is around owning your data. Uh, so data of your citizens and data of citizens across the globe, because uh, there is a belief, and rightly so, that. The, the, the more data you own and the more strongly you own it, uh, it translates into geopolitical might, uh, and then, which we'll discuss over the next one hour why that happens. Um, you know, which is why you see countries backing certain, uh, you know, social media platforms, let's say, or digital uh, mobility platforms, uh, you know, a whole bunch of different tech are, are not just used but promoted by nations. And uh, you want, you know, you want your platform to become the standard for the world. You know, so uh, there, there is there is a very strong effort right now, uh, about by about half a dozen nations to to own the data, therefore own the ideology, therefore own the narrative, uh, therefore own uh, the ability to push national security through you know through secrets and this and that in a bunch of nations they compete with. So I think, yeah, we are in the middle of, uh, you know, a digital colonization, uh, as, as we all call it. Um, thankfully, India is waking up. There I durustai moment in India. So I'm quite happy about that. So, so, so let us build on that, because uh, obviously today's discussion is not just about China. So a lot of people might be under the misconception that we are only going to be sticking to China when it comes to the subject of digital colonization. Now, mm -hmm. I want to connect everyone to a recent article that you wrote, right? You, you, you mentioned an article where you used uh, the current move by the Indian government where we banned 59 Chinese apps as an example. But what you did in that article in the Sunday Guardian, I think you and Raghav Pandey wrote that article, which was titled Sovereignty Over Internationalism, where yes. you tried to raise the much larger issue and where actually you do talk about American companies and uh, other international brands too. So let's start with... Uh, the, the basic uh, premise itself. So let's first talk about China. So what do you make? What is your view on the government's decision per se 
uh, in the latest ban that are on the 59 Chinese apps, obviously TikTok being the most famous one, but there mm -hmm. are many other apps. There are 58 other apps that the government has banned. So how do you look at this move per se? Let's first dissect this move about the 59 applications. Uh, where, I mean, where, where do you stand? Well, do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad? Do you think it's good, but it's not enough? So where do you stand when it comes to this move? You see, sorry, I'm having a bit of a trouble with my phone camera. Um, seems to be swinging quite a glass, almost like Arvind Kejriwal's moods. But you know, um, so you see, okay. First of all, I think uh, if we come from a civilization like ours, we tend to, you know, if if you believe in the Bhagavad Gita and most of our ancient wisdom, you tend to start looking at things. You know, I, I personally don't believe in the whole idea of good and bad per se. Uh, plus, I personally don't believe in the idea of judgment um, to sit and judge either the government or China or the US or whatever key, whatever move they move they made. Was it a good or bad? I, I believe it is fundamentally un-Indian to sit in judgment of others. So I would like to rephrase your question and say, okay, the government went ahead and did this. Was it strategically in our interest or not? instead of saying, was it a good move or a bad move? Uh, and I think, yes, absolutely, it was strategic, strategically in our uh, interest. You know, a whole bunch of other countries, including, you know, Italy and Israel and, and US and Canada, have all been very actively waking up to the risk that Chinese, that allowing Chinese companies into their digital infrastructure. Uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of countries that, that see a huge risk um, in, in that kind of access. Uh, the Indian government was a little late to act. And I think it, it, you know, it coincided with the whole Ladakh uh, situation. But uh, it, it is a move that most countries need. Uh, you know, it, it, it is something that countries need to evaluate very seriously and say, ki, uh, and, and which is why, you know, as, as Raghav Pandey, who incidentally teaches law and uh, is a bit of an expert in international law. So as Raghav and, and I mentioned over there that, you know, there is a bit of, um, there is a bit of a tendency, uh, especially on, on, on people who might consider themselves nationalists or patriots, uh, to view this as a chapan inch moment, right? And, and I, you know, the whole idea of that article was, look, you know, what chapan inch moment hai, but it's a much, bigger geopolitical strategy and banning you know either tiktok or any of those other apps are only a very small part of the much bigger jigsaw puzzle it is about india asserting itself and it is about india securing itself which we are doing through very through multiple ways we're doing it at the united nations we're doing it through diplomatic dialogue we're doing it through reinforcing uh, trade relationships with a you know with a bunch of friendly countries we're doing it militarily. We're doing it across, you know, our, our maritime strategy over the last five years has, has evolved, uh, you know, it's taken 180 degree turn. We're doing it with the Indian Ocean. Um, so in that context, the whole banning of these 59 apps uh, as, as needed as it was, is just a small part of India's re-emerging position on the geopolitical stage. So you use the word in that article in Sunday Guardian, you call it internationalism. So now let us break internationalism down. So sure. uh, so just to quote you guys, you, you said that uh, you basically uh, what what you you were saying that international. So in short, internationalism trumped over sovereign interest. Now, now it's, it's one thing to say it trumped over sovereign interest because the natural, uh, you know, laissez-faire uh, post Francis Fukuyama, the history has ended world always tends to believe that you know the world world has now become one global family protectionism per se is a bad idea we should never be protectionist etc etc you know you know the you know the standard answers yeah. that come out so why do you call this internationalism and why do you think that uh, in this particular case our sovereign interests were far more uh, you know important than let's say say, letting these uh, app platforms function in the country, because we'll have to give them very specific reasons, right? 
because it's not just good enough to say this was strategically important but why was it strategically important what were those specific reasons there in this particular case well kushal at the at the, the risk of sounding a little flippant you see you and i are too old to view the world as we'd like it to be uh, but instead we should view the world as it is uh, you know when all of us were in college and smitten with uh with communist principles of you know so it, it's a very bohemian view to say that there are no borders in the world and you know, humanity is one and you know uh, there's no there's no difference between you and me and what are we but a speck in the universe so you know that narrative sounds very interesting because because it is premised on on niceness wokeness etc and then you realize that you know reality today is uh everybody uh, you know the, the the most liberal of free thinkers today are thinking in terms of you versus me right the most progressive uh liberal speakers today if you, if you walk up to them and say hey listen uh i believe in uh, i don't know let's take a contentious issue like abortion right if you so somebody who calls himself a liberal if you walk up to them and say hey listen i believe that uh you know abortion is morally wrong now they will not give you space to put you put your point of view right uh, which essentially begs the question ki are they really liberal if they're not telling you have a point of view now from there or from walls or beliefs like these come the idea of identity right all of us need some kind of identity and indians know it better than anybody else ki yaar tu punjabi hai main nahi hu tu vegetarian hai you know ritu non vegetarian hai main nahi hu you know tulamba hai chota hai you know this this it is just natural instinct for people to try and find others like their own to associate with that is how man evolves from being an animal to a social animal uh reality is that there is a resurgence in national identity today whether we like it or not and that national identity is is uh, reflected in many ways right so uh, i i know your question was a was a little different but um, for the folk out there who believe that you know how does it matter chinese phone american phone indian phone how does it matter sovereignty internationalism sure you do want to work in cooperation with other nations you do want a sense of equity you do want uh humanity to trump over anything else however if the world is not working on those premises or those rules then you're stupid if you don't realize right and i think india has gone through that realization and take them take an example of india pakistan relationships right time and time and time and time again pakistan decided to 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 hurt you in 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 very overt ways and in very covert ways i mean they the whole strategy is you know ki how can we be a, a you know a stone in india's shoe and then you go back with aman ki aasha nirasha and all that nonsense it does not work you know you may want it to work it sounds very cool if you know pakistani singer and an indian drummer sit on stage and go and jugal bandi it's all fine and dandy but that is not how nations behave right any anybody you know it could be a ceo of a company it could be the head of state of a nation it could be the head of you know some some community club it could be the head of a family everybody everybody realizes it is their job to protect the self interest of their people of their unit and it is time that india realized that the job of a head of state the job of our army the job of our diplomats is to protect our sovereign interests or our national interests over our need to sound very woke and come across as friends with everybody you know yeah but then again my question would be why hmm. was banning those 59 apps in our national interest what was that specific thing that tiktok was doing look i'm going to try to play the devil's advocate here no, no, that's my do. job right so do, why, why 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 those 59 apps what was that thing that they were doing that was so so problematic and it was uh, it was hurting our sovereignty or our national interest we have to give that answer right yeah so it's very interesting right if you look at the evolution of privacy of cyber privacy laws in other countries right so they it could be the gdpr from europe it could be the ccpa from california and the us now 
all of these define your data as your right right nobody has a right so i don't have a right for example to tell somebody else where you are without your permission or your date of birth or your address or your age or your marital status or whatever it is now a lot of this data is subject to being used or misused uh, if there if, if if people knowingly or unknowingly provide it to a particular application or a website or what have you um, what a lot of these apps were doing in fact i don't know if you saw that list uh, of of uh, website that the indian army has banned right uh, you know these apps are sharing who you are how old you are what your usage preferences are what food you might like to order on on, on an app where do you live uh, who your friends are uh, what your weaknesses are what do you search for online uh, you know so so this is very rich data where somebody can map either a personality or somebody can map collective interests or collective weaknesses uh, weaknesses of society you see theoretically uh, i don't want any terrorist for example having access to data on where do most mumbaikers converge every i don't know say sunday evening right now geolocation data would give that away and say okay here is this place x i don't know it could be juhu chapati wherever it is where every sunday evening within a 1 square kilometer radius there are 10000 people so if i have to inflict some kind of damage that is where i do it uh, and i'm just using geolocation as one of the examples there is just far more uh, there is far more exposure uh, you know you look at critical infrastructure as an example uh, you know a lot of companies that are providing critical look at look at digital infrastructure in fact gautam was going to be here and talk uh, about um, you know 5g and huawei which he talks about very often uh, do you really want all your data to be carried by a company that has very questionable uh relations with the ruling party in china do you want them to have access to all your data it could be government emails it could be personal geolocation you know personal location uh it could be your friend circuit your habit your your financial data banks data uh you know it's it's just it's just crazy to think how one could misuse that if they wanted i mean just think of just think of your bank uh account being infiltrated right just just that one thing now extrapolate that by 10 million people across the country extrapolate that by passwords being infiltrated and your location being infiltrated and you know a whole bunch of other things it it's hugely potent it's hugely potent information uh, the other side has all right so in one of our uh, you know offline conversations you did mention about one big problem that you have with all these platforms and you are not just talking about chinese platforms you're talking about even american platforms right so mm-hmm. you did talk about uh, the 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 scientific basis on what these platforms are built on so let's say you know the twitter refresh button i mean i've mentioned it many times on the podcast that you know mm-hmm. it goes from top to bottom and the reason is they basically copied the vegas slot me- machine uh, model there where mm-hmm. they want to create those dopamine rushes and they basically want to give, make you addicted to the platform and then when you connect it with what you have just mentioned that they have all your geolocation data and they basically map your behavioral tendencies so let's say in that case are you saying that we are in very much uh, in a realm of possibility where when there is a sufficient level of people who are on these foreign platforms that you could actually have companies outside india mapping our behavioral patterns studying our behavioral patterns and actually nudging us into directions which might actually be harmful to our national security well let me get even more specific so let let's not even talk about how how these companies might uh, drive collective action right um you know for some of the viewers who don't know i mean if you if you want to talk about how osama bin laden was actually caught right yeah. uh, which brings us to kushal mehra's favorite uh, subject pornography right uh, you see sorry jokes apart sir but um, you know once the americans figured that osama had a particular type of uh, of interests when it came to categories of porn and i'm just trying to put it as politely as i can 
they 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 seeded uh, that particular pawn upon uh, star uh, you know specifically you know doing things that osama had a penchant for or an appreciation for uh, and uh, used that specifically to track him down um, from an individual example like that to to collective examples right what what prevents uh, an alternative you see it is already very kosher and i am not talking today this is you know, welcome to 2010 it was possible back then to customize ads based on your preferences and usage usage patterns to push it on to you uh, today we are adding uh, point of sale uh, capabilities to that um, right what prevents uh, you know a, a hostile uh, country or group from pushing you into arson Uh, or pushing you into misinformation, uh, you know, throwing information that they know to be false, and this has happened. I mean, this is not, uh, uh, you know, all of this is not fictional. It is. It has already happened in different parts of the world. Uh, we just have to make sure that our digital infrastructure uh, and apps on people's phones, computers, etc., do not ex- do not have that vulnerability. Uh, and by the way, I mean I'm not saying this alone. India's not alone in this. There's a, uh, you know, you look at the U.S., you look at U.K., you look at the EU, Australia. There's a whole bunch of countries that are calling this out. It, it, it is a serious national security issue. Hota ye hai ki kyunki dikta nahi hai. Nobody worries about how serious it is. And see, therein lies the problem, right? If one Chinese soldier walks up to the border with a menacing, you know, look on his face and with with the With a, with a mauser or with a, a machine gun, that visual hits you hard. That's not, you know, that's barely as damaging as what bits and bytes are doing behind the scene that, uh, you know, that one has no idea about. So I think it's a, uh, you know, I, I'm glad that this has happened, and uh, you will see more of these metaphorical walls being built across the world. I mean, just within the last one week. Uh, what four or five countries have shut their doors to Huawei? Um, so I would, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad we're having this conversation now. Uh, yeah, but don't back, you think it is? Uh, don't sorry. you think it's uh, hilarious that the government or uh, it took uh, the government for uh, this long? I mean, it's not like the Chinese weren't doing this before. I mean, why did we let it happen in the first place then? You see, uh, you know, I. now we are getting into an anthropological discussion which i would you know which i am not an expert on so i shy, you know shy away from that but you know historically indians have been very good at retrofitting or responding or jugad right so uh, you know it's, it's true of all of us it's true of all of us you know somebody else goes and invents a pizza uske upar hum gobhi aur chaat masala dal ke usko super pizza bana dete hain so it's uh, you know we've taken some time um, it is very interesting you know the whole i the whole idea you know we are trying to push the idea of cyber defense in india today whereas most other nations recognize that cyber defense is not enough you have to go on the offensive cyber offense strategies have to be in place um, you know i'm sure you followed the news you know within 24 hours uh, all the pentagon systems were attacked by unknown you know ddos attacks and uh, hacking attacks and phishing attempts and all of that uh, from from hundreds of servers across the world you know, not just in russia not just in china so nobody had a clue ki you know ki what's happening and how do we prevent it? uh so countries are engaging in cyber offense with each other uh, you know given that india has provided uh, tech brains to the rest of the world we should have been there um unfortunately most of our smartest tech brains are on h1b visas uh, in the us and as president trump turns that down maybe we'll retain some of them uh, and put them for for national security use i'm just kidding yes. yeah yeah so let let's now get into the 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 stage 2 of this article okay ruk dekho theek hai humne kar liya humne tiktok ban kar diya humne ye apps ban kar di but at the end of the day you know it, there was a market for these 
these apps, right? There was a marketplace for, let's say, what was that? I don't know, Cam Scanner or Jovita. Uh, there were these apps were used by millions and millions of Indians. And uh, it's not like the moment these apps go, uh, you, you, there was still a demand because they were growing at such a, such a rate. So mm -hmm. do you think we are in a position? So I'll tell you something. I read a very interesting article. So here I'm just going to read a bit, few excerpts. It was in the live mint. I, it was written on, uh, I think, uh, it was written on the 7th of July and it was written by a gentleman called Prasid Banerjee. And he was talking to a few people, right? Uh, right. So there were some very interesting points that uh, they taught, they talked about that okay we get that uh, you know Mitro app and all these apps are coming up now to because they, it left a vacuum right the moment you mm -hmm. uh, knock TikTok off it basically gave so I'm just reading a bit of an excerpt from the article because I found it very interesting and very important and it connects to Modiji's Atma Nirbhar. So mm -hmm. the article says that industry estimates predict around 12 to 15 percent of total users usually became become become DAUs, right? So now Agarwal, who sold his short video platform clip to Sharecast last year, said TikTok had 70 million DAUs against the user base of 200 million in India. The poster boy for Indian social media share chat is considered successful because it, when it had 150 million odd users, it had 60 million MA, MAUs. Now, what the article is trying to say that as of now, uh, the issue is that Indian Indian uh, app platforms rarely uh, reach the level of DAUs that uh, these foreign apps use. The second point that they made was that was also very interesting where, where they said with the funding spree that these apps are getting, they all plan to hire engineers and bigger teams. Chingari is a 20 person operation right now, whereas Mitro has only 10 people. ShareChat and Raposo, both of which have big investors, have around 300 to 200 employees respectively. But here's the kick. They say you can build a kick-ass 50 member company, but where India struggles is that we can't build a 5,000 member company because, and I'm quoting, they say India just doesn't have the talent. And they add even further that most of our talent, actually, when it comes to these things, is hired in American companies like Facebook or Twitter or e even in many cases for TikTok. So how are we going to fix these problems? Because here you have Narendra Modi ji saying, you know, we need to push towards Atmanirbhar Bharat and... You know, here's the mm -hmm. opportunity. In fact, not just that, I believe there is this, um, you know, the government's modest app innovation challenge, something of that sort also has come up. The government of India has started this app innovation challenge. It see, this sounds all good, but the bare facts say that we just don't have the wherewithal to scale things up. So, so what would you say to that? So let's break this down, Kushal, into two separate questions because you, you know, so this is, this is the thought process that after, Folks should be going through, but unfortunately don't. Now, question one is, do we have the ability to replace the vacuum created by others? So apps that have gotten banned or will likely get banned. So that's one question. A totally separate question is, many of our folks ask, India needs to have our own version of Facebook and our own version of Twitter and so on and so forth. To me, these are two very separate questions. So if you promise to ask me question two later, I'm going to answer question one. Now, right? Um, now, I so India is too complex to have a unidimensional answer on this, right? So, for people who say that India has not been able to grow, in, you know, to grow fifty people companies or fifty to five thousand people, you just have to show them an Infosys or a Wipro or a Cognizant or even a Putney Systems, which you know, which grew. Of course, they had their model was very different. But they grew into huge institutions, not just enterprises. These are institutions today. I mean, they survive beyond their founders and you know beyond a few key people they depended on. Um, so I I think that's a bit of a fallacy. The part I agree is that ambition is not as commonly found within India as it is with some other cultures, and that's a reality, right? I mean. Uh, I deal with a lot of uh, startup founders and they think in terms of becoming a $10 million company. Nobody comes in saying that, hey, I need to become a $200 million company. And of course, 
the presentation will say that yeah you know the market is 5 billion and the total addressable market is half a billion and we'll get 20% of that so they'll see that but you know dil hi dil mein wo jante hain ki that is really not their target um now that lack of ambition i think comes from multiple things it, it comes from our edu- the lack of ambition that indians show within the country it comes from the education system we've all been a part of it comes from middle class values it comes from centuries of 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 barbaric attacks of isolation and you know we we've been made you know covering down was a part of our dna just as a survival mechanism yeah sirmat uthao chupchap kaam karo warna aapko jo hai east india company ka koi goli maar dega ya so and so sultan ka aadmi aapka gala kaat de right so we, we can't ignore those we can't ignore those factors now having said that i see a lot of indians today uh, you know you're one of them uh, there's a lot of indians today who are crazy ambitious right i mean you sitting in your house there are are saying that i will change the narrative of the non left in india to make it saner more rational more data backed you know you, you know you're not running an ngo with 50 people working for you and some foundation or whatever uh, you know uh, donating money to you know you you're doing it week after week consistently and it's a if you think about what you've signed up for it's a huge task i mean changing people's minds is perhaps i, I was talking to a very dear friend of mine today uh and saying here you know you had a conversation with me last night and uh, you've managed to change my mind which middle age may you know not many people have managed to do that i think it's very powerful so dheere dheere wo ambition you know i i do see it growing in india it is a reality it is not there there's no point over analyzing why it is not there um you know because of digital india because of a more active vc and pe circuit you will have some of these emerging right i mean oyo has emerged from india housing has emerged from I mean, the whole bunch of very successful uh, startup models in india uh, i think it's going to take us a day. i mean remember china started this journey in the late 80s india started it only now so you know you you cannot you know this you know bachcha paida karne mein 9 mahina lagta hai right you can't say that i'm going to throw more money at it more effort at it and somehow speed up the natural course of things um so you know i, I am not worried I and mean, of course all of us would have wanted the pace of this to be faster but i'm not worried yeah but what about the point that i i uh, let's address the second half where we basically just don't have the talent i mean that these are serious issues right where uh, let's say another line i'll quote so one of the executives that they could talk about in the article said that a social network with a 100 million maus could rake up at least 5 crore a month purely on cloud storage costs it doesn't work with investments in the order of a few million so if you're looking to set up uh something like tiktok something mm-hmm. like facebook something like mm-hmm. twitter the kind of money that we need in setting these things mm-hmm. up uh it's not just merely look how many downloads i got sure. on uh, say google play so you have to be able to monetize it and run it as a business yeah so so how do we do that because uh, and then when we talk about not just the amount of money needed about the kind of expertise the kind of people the kind of people we need i mean it's 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 a reality right most of our mm-hmm. good minds we just don't retain them they all leave our shores and they go outside india i mean i remember reading an article in 2013 and then i read it again in 2018 that even today in, in uh, you know a, a few thousand millionaires every year migrate out of india they just don't want to stay in india so here modi ji talks about being atmanirbhar modi ji talks about swadeshi digitization and we can't even retain the best of our minds anurag so how do we manage we banned tiktok but what have, what have we created what, so so some people say is the user interface or the experience going to be uh, the same in comparison to a tiktok so how so how how would you answer these questions sir you see again there are two three layers to this right one is when a high net worth individual or when the super rich leaves the country they leave for tax optimization their objectives to leave are very different from that of a young ambitious uh, innovative startup guy saying 
that I need to be in Silicon Valley to have access uh, to a network of venture capitalists and funders and, and you know co-partners and channel partners and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, yeah, it's a reality. I mean, uh, unfortunately, our tax administration system is still stuck. I don't know in what zamana this is. That's the one big reform that we should needs, where you have a very small percentage of of middle class people and perhaps even lower middle class people that are paying the tax for the whole nation. I mean, our our, our tax recovery numbers uh, are are shameful. They are absolutely shameful. I mean, uh, you would see of of businessmen uh, driving around in a mercedes uh, who would not pay any tax whatsoever and then you would see some uh, you know poor fellow doing a supervisor supervisor job in a call center who has to pay tax so that's that's another question right uh, how do you improve the tax administration system and how do you ensure that uh, that businessmen or businessmen or businesswomen are not forced to leave the country uh, just to optimize on their tax when it comes to this other aspect of retaining retaining let's say startup talent yes there i agree that uh, the, the challenge is way stronger it is it is a chicken and egg situation uh, you know and as some of your viewers are very touchy you can come up with whatever vegetarian example you want of a chicken and egg situation but you know there is no funding therefore there is uh, there is no scale because there is no scale there is you know you don't grow to number 1 or 2 because you don't grow to number 1 or 2 globally you don't monetize because you don't monetize you don't deliver back to your lp or to your uh, you know whoever it could be a venture capitalist pe whatever and therefore they don't have enough money to reinvest again so it's a bit of a vicious cycle uh, i honestly i don't know who would break that cycle uh, i have a lot of hope in the domestic market of india to break that cycle so a lot of homegrown businesses if they just service our domestic market that is large enough to become relevant at a global level right now if you know if i have to show the number of downloads the number of daus and my advertising revenues i could be number 5 in the world addressing only an india market right uh, you know as there will be some manthan some churn uh, i'm i'm pretty sure you know just yesterday i was having this conversation uh, you know the string of messages with balaji shrinivasan and um, and what i was essentially saying is you know the so called new age media houses today are essentially newspapers on a screen they've taken articles they've taken whatever and they've put it on an ipad or your laptop or computer or whatever nobody has said that i will fully leverage the digital experience to create a totally new new age media which will have videos which will have user generated i mean user journalists which will have gamification which will have quiz contests which will have uh, uh, you know which will have customized feeds based on your uh, your preferences etc etc so all of these are individually possible online today but no newspaper is so news media houses doing that uh, if somebody were to pick that up as an opportunity and run what they would monetize locally within india would give them enough of a enough of a valuation to be relevant globally uh, i'm just giving you that as a metaphorical example but uh, i i'm very sure you or me or any one player cannot break this vicious vicious cycle it is what it is let's just face it that some nations have a natural advantage over the others the usa will always have a natural advantage of a very active investing ecosystem china will have an advantage of a government you know probably because there is no democracy you know they they can make 20 30 year long plans you know in india it is difficult for any leader to make a 20 year plan parsal bada prahunara um right uh, you know israel has a very active innovation ecosystem those are natural advantages others have so we just have to figure out what is ours and leverage that rather than compare it to what other countries have that we don't yeah i totally agree with you in fact that's what i was going to say that yeah, and a lot ago i got a lot of flack for it when i said that uh, you know law and order and policy stability actually leads to a lot of economic growth and people were like oh so you think china go grew because of that i was like 
actually china did grow because of policy stability absolutely. and law and order you may not like their law and their order but they have both they have laws absolutely. and they have order so no, can, i mean correct so that, that you're absolutely right when you say that but let me now uh, go into the third part because i want to take it in the american companies too because a lot of people think it's just about china i don't think so it's about china and i know you are very seriously talking about the larger picture because you were not china centric you were always about why aren't we talking about facebook why aren't we talking about twitter why aren't we discussing what these companies have the potential to do when it comes to our our country our national sovereignty our politics now that so I, i'm going to connect it this way right this is like a game theoretical scenario right so mm -hmm. we have sent a message to the world through these 59 app bans that listen if you don't help us in our interest it will not take us one second to shut down your shop in our country that that's the Absolutely. message we've sent right so now huh. how do we leverage this huh. let's say with the americans and facebook and twitter where we tell them listen you can't have your data servers outside india where you keep indian data you can't do it that oh we're an american company we're answerable to american laws if you remember where a parliamentary committee had called twitter and they simply refused now i think that's insulting our indian parliament and i don't care whether it's congress or is bjp or samajwadis heck you are mm -hmm. an international company you don't insult our politicians like that and twitter was like eh, i'm not going to go you can't do that so do you think this can take us to a much larger discussion when all these companies now i'm not against facebook and twitter working in india let me be on the record but what i am against is that facebook and twitter are get us no questions by the indian government and they are not answerable to any indian legislative process so what are your views on that let's look at the larger picture now okay so you you said uh, you mentioned let's look at it from a game theory point of view and so something interesting has happened within the early part of this year there was you know from a game theory point of view purely this sector was at a nash equilibrium right it was asymmetrical it was unfair but there was a nash uh, equilibrium in place what has happened because of this uh, 59 app ban or digital air strike or whatever is it has turned you know it has turned from a nash equilibrium game into a prisoner's dilemma game right where india is now going out and saying ki hey listen we are willing to risk it all ki you know jo on a lighter way wo bolta na ki sanam hum bhi doobenge aur tumko bhi le doobenge or whatever so india is finally you know so if you remember that book 48 laws of power one of the law there was be unpredictable right unless you are unpredictable the other side doesn't know what to expect or not from you so india has finally shown ki hey boss we can be unpredictable right now coming to if we've gone to game theory then uh, i am going to give you and I'm, and i like your show for this it is a long format show uh, i'm going to bring in that other question which we talked about ki why cannot india have its own twitter right and i've been hearing this for the longest time where people have been going crazy around you know we hamara ek swadeshi twitter chahiye swadeshi ye swadeshi wo now let's really try and understand let's really try and understand why i believe that's not possible right uh to understand why india cannot have its own twitter we need to understand the idea of network externalities now what are network externalities network externalities are where if you and me and there are 50 other people in the market right the value of me having made a choice grows the minute you make the same choice right your and my value grows the grows the minute a third person makes the same choice so let's take a simple example we do this every day on you know now you have the freedom to 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 go wherever you want as a part of your fundamental rights it doesn't mean you drive on the right side of the road you still drive on the left why network externalities right where if everyone drives on one side people are not banging into each other and having cracks starts right if you remember you know let's take an example of a fax machine if i am the first buyer of a fax machine the first person in the world who buys a fax machine the fax machine is utterly useless to me kyunki who will i send a fax to who will i get it from right the day you buy a fax machine 
I have not spent any more uh, any more money, but the fax machine has suddenly become valuable to me because we can communicate with each other. Now, when the second, third, fourth, fifth, five thousand, tenth thousand, five million, tenth million person buys a fax machine, with every new person buying a fax machine, my my fax machine becomes more valuable to me. Now, that is where a Twitter or a Facebook and all these apps are today, right? A it has costed me nothing to have twitter on my phone it has costed me my privacy but you know not in real dollar terms or rupee terms every time a new user comes on this platform twitter becomes more valuable to me right so twitter with say 10000 people that i want to talk to is far more valuable than a swadeshi app with 100 people that i want to talk, talk to uh which is why if you look at if you look at the apps world or before the apps world even the internet world the single biggest metrics that companies would focus on would be customer acquisition they would burn money like hell just to make sure customers come on board why because you have to be the first guy that captures x percent of the market the minute you do you become unshakable why because of network externalities now network externalities is the very reason why from a commercial point of view india can never have its own twitter right i am not making a value judgment i am not saying whether it's right or wrong maybe i even don't like the fact ki india ka local twitter apna nahi hona chahiye hum bana nahi paye i feel sad when a lot of our people say ki nahi hum jaake banayenge without understanding the economics behind how the human mind works uh, the idea of switching cost the idea of network externalities the idea of communities right we we'll take a simple example right aaj 20 saal pehle पीपल वोकिया फोन बिकॉज यू नो की वो पतली पिन वाला चार्जर कहीं भी मिल जाता है राइट की मैं आपके घर मिलने आऊँ पतली पिन वाला चार्जर है मार्केट आई एम नॉट सींग टेक्नोलॉजी प्योरली फ्रॉम अ मार्केट पॉइंट ऑफ व्यू इंडिया के नॉट हैव इट्स ओन वर्जन ऑफ ट्विटर जस्ट बिकॉज ऑफ द आइडिया of network externalities being absolutely real period now what can be done if india needs to push its own version of twitter and this is not just true for india this is for anywhere in the world china is a great example russia is a great example uh, if you want to have a version of social media yourself you need to legislatively or from a regulatory point of view prevent any other social media in the you know any other competitor within the same market so till a regulator or till the government doesn't ban uh, twitter i'm afraid as great as an indian version or an indian alternative might be there is no space for it purely from a economic theory point of view right in fact people who came up with this theory tal shapiro and hal various and on the other side you had stanley go i mean take a simple example of you know if you are watching this on on a laptop look down on your screen right why do why do all of us have qwerty keyboards right you know the first line is q w e r t y there was a point of time where there was the qwerty keyboard the dvorak keyboard and a bunch of different versions in the end you know there was also an alphabetical keyboard which had a b c d e f and then everyone decided that hey listen network externalities one version catches on everyone sticks to that uh, today even if you go looking for it it's really difficult to find a dvorak keyboard or an alphabetical keyboard today so i'm afraid unless uh, unless the government or a regulator doesn't come in to to ban uh, a twitter just from a market uptake perspective market mein dusra alternative nahi chalega now that's the economic reason now let's get to you know let's get to you know basic emotional or neurological reasons you know there's a whole bunch of people whose existence on twitter boils down ki aaj maine isko gaali de di aaj maine uske sath panga le liya aur you know blah 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 now if you have your own ideological version of twitter what do you do there you don't need uh, you know there is no rana yub or sagrika ghosh who you can go and you know ki jiska aap char cheeze suna sakte ho right uh, so it it doesn't meet the other very personal need that you have i'm again not saying it whether it's a right need or a wrong need. uh you know so yeah i i don't know i'm not as optimistic at all unless uh, there is a regulatory uh, thing
which unfortunately cannot happen right now in india because uh, there is no regulator for this segment unlike let's say banks or agriculture or a whole bunch of other segments for social media companies there is no regulator there is a committee which chris gopal krishnan is heading right now but that does not have any legal sanctity so what has happened is the de facto regulator perhaps today is the parliamentary committee on information and technology which is headed by shashi tharoor uh, and that's perhaps the closest we have to a regulator so yeah i'm not going to hold my breath uh, either for twitter getting banned at some point or for an alternative to suddenly emerge and find a lot of takers uh, within india fair enough so now uh, anurag because we've reached the 50 minute mark so let me take a few questions which uh, the the live viewers have asked uh so i if i am able to understand what chintan has asked uh, i think he's trying to ask is how much do you think um, what if, what do you think uh, how strong is india in the digital world today where do you put india in terms of our digital strength yeah, i think kushal you should take that question i just think we suck <laughs> <laughs> if you ask me very honestly my answer would be we are not even a player in the game i think in terms of infrastructure just look at what we do in india right uh, i i stream this platform uh, this podcast on all non indian platforms i use mm-hmm. uh, this this right now itself is being live streamed on twitter facebook and youtube right the streaming app that i use uh, streamyard is also not indian then after that when i put it i extract the audio out of it and then i put it on the audio format i put it on spotify stitcher itunes soundcloud and google podcasts so there you go i think i've answered it pretty much i gave you all the names that yeah. i use and we just don't have so if you ask me in my opinion i just think we don't have a digital infrastructure at best what we have in india and let's face the facts you know the reason we don't have the infrastructure is maybe we were never paying attention to it you could have multiple reasons like let's say you know we are a 2000 to 2500 dollar average income country we are not a 10000 dollar income country and we, uh, let's not go back to the you know old uh, parts again but okay next tanmay says what are your views on anand mahindra and mukesh ambani taking the leap in developing swadeshi alternatives for these foreign apps so let me be very specific i think obviously one thing i would appreciate reliance has done is even 2 3 years ago when they were building their 5g infrastructure it was all sourced from india from what i know they were consciously not sourcing their 5g material from china so that's one thing and i think they've come up with a replacement for uh, zoom if i'm right i think jio has come up with a replacement for zoom but i'm really not aware on what mahindra has done so what are your views on that anurag well i think uh, so it's very interesting right so uh, i didn't realize it till a month after jio was launched but uh, you know they say aajkal ki data is the new oil and if you look at jio in a mirror it actually says oil right so it it was fascinating when uh, when i figured that kere yaar isme is a they, you know just to come up with that as an idea कि जियो को आप मिरर में देखते हो तो ऑयल है इट इज इंडिकेटिव ऑफ द काइंड ऑफ एम्बिशन यू नो दैट द पीपल देयर हैव पीपल देयर हैव अगेन आई इट्स टू अर्ली एंड यू नो नॉन ऑफ आजाद सूट से सो इट्स टू अर्ली टू प्रिडिक्ट टू प्रिडिक्ट वेयर द महिंद्रास और रिलायंस और एनीबडी एल्स वेयर देयर एफर्ट्स वुड गो व्हाट आई एम हैप्पी अबाउट इज देयर in other industries in non technology non social media they have been able to show the kind of ambition that we need within our tech space right uh, you know lo- look at look at mahindra's automotive products they compete spec to spec with foreign variants which are five times more expensive right and that's fascinating for me as an indian you know you go to different parts of north africa uh, or indonesia and you see a bolero there right and it 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 gives you a lot of joy kare yaar from bolero yahan tak pahunch gaye you see a lot of bajaj products um you see uh, you know tata going out and buying a jaguar so you know this there is enough of ambition in other sectors i'm hoping some of them will overflow into the tech space the startup space 
the uh, you know but it, it requires a very different uh, way of you see we were talking about network externalities right uh, Carl Shapiro and Hal Varian who were professors uh, at Stanford uh, who who've done fascinating work in this space on how do you make your technology sticky to a user how do you make a user come back for more and how do you essentially you know give him that dopamine rush rush essentially um you know one of them has gone and joined google as the chief economist right so it's very interesting to see that uh, a google has the ability to understand that you know we're not just a tech company for us to evolve into a corporation for us to evolve into an institution we need to understand how economics works right and imagine uh, you know somebody who's been an uh, not even an, not even an econometrist uh, and an economician all his life going and working for a very senior role in google i think it will take time for our companies to start understanding that intersectionality uh, but you know the good thing is you know forget whatever situation the economy is in the players are ambitious right it, it's just that they have to get ambitious about this unfortunately back to the earlier the first question you had was i'm being very blunt here i see most of our blokes overly enthusiastic about you know about giving suggestions giving ideas you know outraging and thing like that here somebody else should you know improve the education system somebody else should build an alternative to twitter somebody else should you know blah 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 but not many people are going ahead and saying i will do it right uh, even on people who are on our side of the ideological fence uh, you know so one way to look at it is if you don't have the responsibility to contribute you don't have the right to demand but on the other hand you can't stop people from demanding so there will you know there will always be a bunch of folks that create the ecosystem uh, but you will find that you know future mein ek ek kamal khilega who will say ki chalo main isko let me solve this you know apps like mitro are right, great so, examples sorry yeah so anam has asked you a question he says indian it companies provide services to all companies all over the world the only drawback we have to achieve is that you know we have hardware dependencies what are your views on this anurag no you see there are two types there are two or three different types of dependencies right? so there are there are hardware dependencies you know which is fine there's a lot of ip dependency which is which we should worry about more there's a lot of ip breach which we should worry about even more uh believe you me any any entrepreneur that starts a journey is aware of these pitfalls but still goes ahead and makes the leap anyways because these are just a bunch of problems you need to deal i don't think any of them are roadblocks i think uh, the you know the, the bigger roadblock in you know the way i look at it is we are at a very different trajectory from the chinese who had a 30 year advantage over us or americans who probably had a 50 year advantage over us post world war 2 they really started uh, getting ambitious and innovative and things like that so these are things that will naturally take time the good news is you know desis are anyway more jugado than the others so they will find a way out i mean i i, I personally don't see that as an unsurmountable challenge All right. So, Arindrajit has asked this question. We do not have a tangible education policy to cultivate the understanding of the world of internet and information security. At least none that I can see. How, in your view, do we build that capability? So, Arindrajit, here's a question for you. You know our education system sucks. You know distorted history is taught to our children. You know our regional languages are consistently disrespected. right what prevents you from instead of going and blaming a policy maker or a minister which is very convenient to do it is very it is very tempting to go on twitter and you know uh, or on whatsapp and say are ye apna kaam nahi kar raha hai wo apna kaam nahi kar raha what prevents you from saying we know our education system is broken let me go ahead and create an alternative board which represents the values that i care for Uh, look at it this way right india on the in last count had 14 and a half lakh schools of 14 and a half lakh schools the largest national board was cbse with about 16 17000 schools the second largest is icse with 1800 schools right 
that's not a very big number 1800 schools out of 14 and a half lakh is is actually a very small number it just so happens that icsc schools happen to be in very large visible metro so so we think it's very common but it's less than 2000 schools from 14 and a half uh, lakh if you decided now look at how we tend to approach these things when we talk about education policy right distortions in history one of my favorite subjects every time there is a distortion in history our side chooses to do three things protest please and please so protest hum log jhanda leke pahunch jayenge right please matlab we'll write a plea to the court please matlab we'll write a letter to cbse or ugc or the hrd ministry ki sir please ye badal of 100 distortions in history 10 of them will be serious enough for you to act on collectively it will offend us and say ki no this is wrong of those 10 we'll try these three tactics the protest please and please thus may say maybe three or four we actually win that battle we think we won that battle but what has happened there are 97 distortions that are still getting taught to watch right and we are consuming that bite right we're letting our people consume that bite instead of saying ki you know new pa kyun nahi aa rahi hai you know kab aayegi aur syllabus kab change hoga ye kab change hoga wo kab change hoga you go ahead and say boss i will be that change i will make that change the last private board that was set up in india by, by the way mind you india has i think 51 or 53 boards on last count it's not just cbse icse whatever the last private board was made 50 years ago there is a need and a scope to create a new private board which exemplifies our values which exemplifies what we are proud of which exemplifies what a new assertive confident civilization needs to teach uh, to teach its kids right uh, and it's not very difficult i mean your, your your geography and sciences and all of that could be common you need a bit of changes in history in languages and perhaps a little bit in math right uh nobody is bothering about doing that everybody is giving advice everybody is outraging everybody is complaining everybody is whining uh millions of man hours have gone in all of this and i can't see 50 man hours being spent on the solution where i can see 50 million man hours being spent on the problem so my recommendation would be stop focusing on the problem start focusing on the solution and then magic will emerge automatically I totally agree with you, and that's what I I I try to do from this podcast. I always the, my 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 message has always been crystal clear that uh, you know when I started the podcast three years ago, everybody was like, "Kaun sunega?" I was like, "Bolenge to pata chalega." You know, when you start talking, then then you know who's listening and who's not listening. But uh, what I feel is that, uh, and I know you talk about it all the time. Is, there is a whiner's mindset and there is a doer's mindset. the doers mindset needs a lot of discipline and that discipline is very hard to cultivate uh, and some of us do it you know the whiner's mindset is very easy because it's very convenient right you you just complain it's very tempting you, it's very tempting yeah. you know so i don't blame a whiner at all hmm. you know it's very easy to just sit there you know at the risk of sounding too much like ekta kapoor or whatever har saas ko you know har saas ko har bahu ki dal mein namak kam lagta right it is a reality it's very easy to look down on another person um, and and you know it's very easy to self edify yourself by imagining that the other person is smaller than you but uh, you know ego and ahem are I mean, at least they're not my they're not part of my faith right and i see a lot of people who claim to be hindu but then you know they happen to be driven by ego because all their online behavior is about complaining and showing the other person down and whining somehow I mean, it just doesn't calibrate it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, we need to we need to be goal oriented people. Like I personally am a goal oriented guy. My goal is to have conversations which nobody wants to have. My mm-hmm. my idea is to breach areas where you know the non left just refuses to breach. Uh, they refuse to talk about so many issues, and I I try to do that. So yeah, I, I agree with you. So yeah. well, you know, we've almost crossed. We almost we have crossed the one-hour mark. So once again, Anurag, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Every time you come on the podcast, I get to learn something new. And uh, what I love the most is end me two-three people who listen to me. So it's very good.
no no i think it is very necessary you know the whole idea of manthan is that uncomfortable conversations need to happen you know my father has always spent his life telling me ki baat meethi ho ya kadvi kar leni chahiye and i believe that people who are on the other side of the ideological fence we have to keep fighting them anyways that goes that's that's beyond the question right we, we have to keep fighting them. we also have to make sure that there is manthan manthan happening on our own ideological side so you know if i am wrong a conversation with you or others should correct me right and you know you you just ask my wife and she'll tell you i'm wrong for that i would like to agree but uh, if there are other behaviors that we see are wrong we should be calling it out and we should be discussing it fairly threadbare in the larger collective interest not in your interest or my interest or x's interest or y's interest i think we we've gone from a stage where you see all of us emerged because there was we were fought against nepotism nepotism we fought against license raj we fought against all these things i mean 91 from the mandal commission time i remember that was the first time i engaged in protest and bus pe bus ke upar khada ho ke uh 91 92 now we fought against that from a political point of view there is we see hope right uh when you don't see that hope or that ambition being translated in your co-passengers i think it's very important to call it up uh you know there are people who will want to act who, who want to take responsibility who want to change things they will do it the there are others uh, who are driven by uh, you know emotions vanity whatever it is uh, and they will do you know they will focus on their you know uh, the 4sw rule is important some will some won't so what someone else will and i think that's really important when we look at driving change on our civilizational agenda i think that's a perfect way to end the podcast uh, so once again anurag thanks for coming always so guys, a pleasure you know the, always a pleasure so guys you know the drill please subscribe to the podcast share it like it leave your comments uh, although i will not read all of them but still leave your comments <laughs> uh, if you will. like what i'm someone will yeah someone <laughs> will you know yeah. that's true So if you like what I'm doing over here you know you can support the channel and the podcast by joining the YouTube membership program if you want to join uh, the the book book uh, discussion club on Patreon you can join over there as of now we are reading BB Lal's book the Rigvedic people uh with I think we have one more book of BB Lal that we need to read over there and uh, in this month's monologue i'll be you know announcing something that i'm going to start for uh, the 399 tier on youtube and uh, i'm going to create a tier on patreon too so i've decided what i'm going to do i'm going to start something extra for the members on youtube and patreon simultaneously so wait for the monologue until then i will talk to you guys next time namaste take care see you next time